charge them, they won't stand a chance. But first, we got to get to them horses. Horses? What the hell are you talking about? Cover me! Shooting their way out of a tight spot in Silverado, the new western that's one of four new movies we'll be reviewing this week on At the Movies, the movie review program. I'm Roger Ebert, film critic of the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm Gene Sisko, film critic of the Chicago Tribune. In addition to Silverado, we'll also be reviewing the teenage time travel adventure, Back to the Future. It's another Steven Spielberg production. Also, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, the third Mad Max futuristic adventure film starring Mel Gibson. This is more serious than I thought. Apparently your mother is amorously infatuated with you instead of your father. Well, wait, wait a minute. Doc, are you trying to tell me that my mother has got the hots for me? Get my reaction to Back to the Future out right away. Along with a very different Pootsie's Honor, this is my favorite film of the summer movie season. If I had the ability to make lighthearted pictures for the teen and young adult market, I'd hope I'd have the ability to make a film as enjoyable as Back to the Future. I really think it's that good. Back to the Future is a time travel movie, a category I usually hate because, you know, they're never really going to change things when they go back in the past because that would mean that the future that we saw at the beginning of the film would have had to have been a lie, right? So there's no suspense there. But, and I won't dare say how, Back to the Future managed to beat that problem, and it fooled me, and it delighted me in so doing. The time travel comes about when a high school kid played my Michael J. Fox from the TV show Family Ties bumps into his good friend, a wacky scientist, at the local mall. experiment this is the big one the one i've been waiting for all my life and of course the experiment is the time travel and i love that touch the delorean motor car as we see right there car that was ahead of its time <laughs> very good rod <laughs> that was christopher lloyd as the scientist and he's pretty good in a convincing variation on jerry lewis's nutty professor this time machine does work it transports young marty back to 1955 to before he was born to where he wants to set up a date it turns out between get this his mother-to-be and his father-to-be but his mom <laughs> would rather go out with him neat idea Lorraine Calvin I'd like to meet my good friend George McFly hi it's really a pleasure to meet you how's your head oh, uh, good fine oh I've been so worried about you ever since you ran off the other night are you okay She didn't even look at him. This is more serious than I thought. Apparently, your mother is amorously infatuated with you instead of your father. Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Doc, are you trying to tell me that my mother has got the hots for me? Precisely. Whoa, this is heavy. Yeah, it's heavy, and it's funny. Just hope you got it there. Those two people that he was trying to put up together at the lockers, 
those were his parents as teenagers. Now, this relationship is played out in the film for laughs and for sexual danger, the relationship between him and his mother, and even at the end of this film, for some teary emotion. What would you say, if you think about it, meeting your mother as a teenager, what would you feel if you saw your parents as young people? What a thrill that would be. And this film, rather than being helter-skelter action picture, which it could have been, holds on that moment. I credit the director, Bob Zemeckis, for having the sensitivity, the smarts, to make this something bigger than just a laugh-a-minute special effects picture. There's a real heart to this film. Back to the Future has all that emotion, a most clever and funny and interesting, interesting script written by Bob Zemeckis and his partner, Bob Gale. And the writing here, I think, is really the star. This script couldn't have been ruined if it had been directed by the director who did Red Sonja, <laughs> if it had starred the cast of Red Sonja. So I guess I've made my point. Back to the Future receives my highest recommendation of the film. Pretty good screenplay. And like all good screenplays uh, and all good movies, it starts out with something of, of universal interest, which right. is, in this case, what would it be like to meet your parents, as you pointed out, when they were kids. Because I think everybody grows up thinking, my parents were never young. And right. the fact is, the parents, this is the secret parents have from kids, right. they don't think they're ever old. Right. And so this movie plays with that paradox in such a, a beautiful way that it's not just a time travel picture, not just an action picture, I agree with you. It's a picture almost like Frank Capra would have made, in which the underlying message of this communication between the generations is kind of I just hope that kind this, of beautiful. I hope that this title, Back to the Future, doesn't put off adults. Or even when I said in the beginning, teen and, and time travel and young adult, I can't imagine anyone not liking this film. I really think this is a very special picture. I mentioned Capra. You know the Capra picture it reminds me of? You probably guess. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful life. You bet. Because here's the case, once again, of somebody finding out through some kind of magical intervention the things aren't so bad, no. and that they could even be kind of good. Next at the movies, Silverado, a new western that wants to capture the Indiana Jones spirit in the Old West. One, two, three. Marchie McFly, Marchie McFly. Marchie McFly is Marchie McFly. Marchie McFly is Marchie McFly.
All right, trying something uh, a little different here on today, the Lord's Day, the 4th of Marty McFly, 2021. I am trying to podcast hands-free. What does that mean? Well, my phone is in my pocket, but I have a microphone that is... Um, attached to the phone and it's one of those little pin mics that you would see like uh, on TV for interviews you know like a little lav mic I don't know what they're called they pin to your they can pin to your collar so that you can do video without holding a microphone but you can also use the uh, Google recording app that's on my pixel phone and I want to see how it sounds so you guys are the guinea pigs it's March 4th and uh, yeah, I'm putting uh, just as much thought into my show today, uh, but I wanted to kind of record it, not late at night. I watched Back to the Future for the fourth time today, and I watched it, ooh, it might, the wind might screw things up, we'll see. I watched it uh, this morning. I got up and watched it before work, so I was, um, you know, I'm ahead of the game. Like last night, I think I finished watching it. A little after eight, maybe, maybe, maybe it was closer to nine when I finished watching it. Today, I finished watching it before eight a.m. What do you think of that? So I thought, why don't I podcast uh, early too? You know, I might not get it out till later, but I can do the recording early. And I should probably check to make sure it's still recording because otherwise I'm just walking my dog and talking to myself. Oh, it seems to still be recording, so, okay. Things are, uh, things are looking up uh, Mikey today. So, I wanted to talk to you today about time travel. Now, when you watch these movies over and over and over again, you start to, um, oh, here comes a, a giant truck. That is a big truck. Simpson Brothers Movers. Someone's moving. Oh, someone's moving on my brother's street. I hope it's not my brother. If you did, you didn't tell me. Um, so, come on, Dougie. Let's go. So I wanted to talk about time travel and specifically, like, this loop, this, this, this circle that the Marty McFly persona finds himself in. Um... So we see Marty in 1985. At the beginning, he is at Twin Pines Mall. And he, you know, goes back, does all the adventures in 1955. And then he comes back, okay? When he comes back, he is at Lone Pines, Lone Pine Mall. That's where he sees Doc again, and he sees himself. Now, Doc knows, that Doc knows everything that already happened, that Marty doesn't know everything that happened. However, that Marty is probably a very different Marty than the Marty we know. That Marty grew up in a town where it was Lone Pine Mall. That Marty grew up in a family where uh, George and Lorraine were successful, happy, healthy. 
the family seemed to be much more put together. Uh, so that Marty had a very different upbringing, and yet he still befriended Dr. Emmett L. Brown. Now, my theory there is Dr. Brown, Doc Brown, Dr. Brown, I sound like I'm the, the uh, trailer, Dr. Brown. So Doc knows that Marty's important. And so Doc now befriends Marty because he befriended Marty in 1955. Now he's looking for McFly. Now he's probably like, he's probably reading the paper and, and you know, like in the 70s going, oh, oh my goodness, Martin McFly has been born. It's all happening. And uh, he's probably kept an eye on George and Lorraine. I feel like, how could he not? Uh, he, you know, and the only thing is Lorraine doesn't remember Doc. Lorraine probably remembers the Doc. And she's like, oh, the Doc was, I knew the Doc's nephew, Calvin Klein. You know, a lot of people say, how could they not um, recognize that their son looks just like Marty? Well, think about it. It's the 1950s. They were with Marty for a week in their high school. No photos, no pictures. They didn't even spend every day with him. I saw Bob Gale um, talked about this in an interview too, but I actually thought of the same thing. It's like, think about your high school year 30 years ago. I, you know, I didn't graduate from high school 30 years ago, but it's pretty damn close. And uh, there are many kids that I remember, but there are students that have come and gone that I probably spent a whole year with. And pff, I couldn't tell you who they were. There were probably kids I, I interacted with. Now, they interacted with them pretty good for about a week. Um, but I didn't, uh, I, you know, it's not like they're going to remember them. Also, uh, oh, this is a different, I'm going on tangents. I'm getting away from what I wanted to talk about. But, you know, George McFly, they were already pretty successful, right? When, you, when Maru came in, they were pretty successful. They looked pretty happy, pretty healthy. And... Uh, but the thing is, is that it, it, we saw that was... Do what do you want to walk? My, do my dog does not want to walk. I just picked up her dog crap. I don't know if you heard that. Now she doesn't want to walk in any direction. Oh, okay, she wants to go home. So that was George's first novel, all right? So what, what, how was he successful before that? I'd like to know. Is he a professor? Is he a teacher of some kind? Um, but that was Maybe he wrote short stories. I don't know. But it was his first novel, and I wonder... You know, a pretty traumatic thing happened to him, either in a dream or in real life, that Darth Vader came down from the planet Vulcan. Now, he must have, this is, this is me putting this together. This is me telling the story. Years later, he, all of a sudden, he learns about uh, a character being from the planet Vulcan in Star Trek. Years after that, he learns about a character in Star Wars named Darth Vader. This, what I'm thinking is going through George's head. He's like, oh, my God. Darth Vader has visited more people and inspired them to use these names. So that's where that's my thinking because otherwise wouldn't he have used Darth Vader in Vulcan in his book and wouldn't he have been sued royally? Uh, and he would be like, no, no, you're, those are characters. I met the real Darth Vader from Vulcan. So yeah, this is me uh, overthinking things because that's what happens when you watch the movie every day. Okay, time travel. Boom, back to that. Marty, the Marty we know, lived in Lone Pines, you know? So when he goes back to, he's already in the Lone Pine Mall timeline. When that Marty goes back, 
he'll go to the barn. Like, this is what I don't get. Does he go to the barn? Is the barn already smashed? Does he go to the barn and the, lo- the pine is already like, oh my God, another alien came and there's no, or does he go back to the time before it was changed and change it again? Like, so when he goes back, it's still Twin Pines, runs it over. That's when it becomes, that's when it becomes Lone Pine. That's what it has to be. Okay, I was, I was, re- I was, hmm. So he doesn't know about Twin Pines, but he still goes back to a time when there was Twin Pines. Like, that Marty goes back, and then he comes to the future, and then he, then it goes, then the, the, another Marty goes back. Like, it's a circle of, of, Bar- of Marty's going back, and another Marty's coming forward, Right? But then they don't keep overlapping. They can't. There's only one Marty that travels back. He comes back, he travels back, he comes back, he travels back. Like they can't be Marty's overlapping each other. That's what I'm thinking. Because the only time that happens is when another Marty goes back in a different like uh, process. This time it's um, in, in part two when they go back to 55 to get Grace Ball's sports almanac. Boy, oh my, oh my goodness. Oh geez, my nose is bleeding. I've been overthinking things. That's what happens when you watch a movie. My God, my dog is really stubborn to walk. This is what happens when you overwatch a movie over and over and over again. But, you know, that was, I think I've solved the issue that I had, which was, you know, if he goes back, he's going back to a time when all this stuff already happened. But he's not. He's going before that happened, and he's there to make it happen every time. Like, I wonder if it would have made more sense if the second Marty came up and it said Twin Pines Mall. And then he goes, and the doc's alive, and then they start to leave, and it becomes, and then it's Lone Pines Mall. Almost like it changes, like a snap, like magically changes after everything gets triggered. That doesn't make any sense, though. I am really, really nitpicking this, and uh, it's not... The movie doesn't deserve that. It's too good. It's too enjoyable. And um, I have to say, little things are now making me laugh every time. I don't know if I talked about this, but it's Doc's reaction when Lorraine comes to the, the garage, and he's like, that's my uncle, my uncle Doc Brown. And the look on his face. And then when she starts showing the, that she really wants to take uh, Marty to the, to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance, the way Doc just goes behind Marty and kind of not, just like, he looks like he's like, ugh, like defeated. And he leans over the, the, the DeLorean and he just kind of, you know, puts his head down. And then he glances over at Marty like, eh, Marty leans on him like they lean on each other. I, I love that moment. That um, makes me laugh very much. And towards the end, when, when right before Marty puts the letter in, in Doc's coat, I love that Doc is like, I can't wait to see you. And he, throw, he just throws the coat at him. It's a, it's a small little thing that I noticed um, that I like. And I do notice that Doc, I, for some reason I thought that Doc had to go pick up all the pieces he ripped up in the letter. But he does throw the, letter, the, broke, the ripped up pieces right in, back into his pocket. So that isn't an issue. Uh, but when he's like, I'm, good, I'm really going to miss you, Marty, you know, in 30 years. Oh, that is like top-notch acting from both guys. I don't care if this is a family comedy. That is so good. 
Uh, also, I never noticed this, but when the, the, the police officer says, do you have a permit? He's like, sure, I have a permit. And he gets down, and he's, I don't think he's pulling a permit out. I think he's pulling out money to bribe this guy. He's still got money. He still has a ton of money because he sold all that land. I think he uh, absolutely is bribing the police officer. That, that's, that's my assumption there. So I think, I think, uh, I think I did it. I think I talked enough today. I, I think I got the messages I want to get across. No notes in front of me this time. This is just coming off some of my notes. I've taken notes. I didn't take any notes this morning. Uh, but these, some of these things I wanted to talk about and the time travel issue, not the issue, but the time travel like conundrum or loop or, or like brain freeze you get when you think about it. Uh, it it's, it's, it's too much. You know what I mean? You, I, I like the idea that there's a thing called, is it string theory? I think they talk about it in Back to the Future too, where once you do something, you know, you've now created a new timeline. The old timeline existed up to a point, and now a new one took its place. I think that's one of them. It's very windy, so I'm not sure if this is working out very well. I'm going to try to walk back into the house. Oh, I almost fell on ice. It is still March, ladies and gentlemen, in New England, so there is snow and ice in the yard. Um, but the most important thing of all, my dog did her business, which means that I'm a happy dog owner, happy doggy daddy. So, um... Yeah, I think, I think I've covered everything, so I guess there's not much else to show you today except maybe... I want to thank everybody here, everybody from the front all the way to the back. Thank you for making our first drive-in concert a massive success. Everybody's been safe, everybody's had fun. And the fun isn't done yet. We've had a lot of great local acts here tonight. A lot of people you know, some new faces. It's been really, really great. I can hear you. I can hear you out there. But the show isn't over, my friends. And I don't want to keep you guys waiting anymore. So, without further ado, let me welcome to the stage the headlining act you've waited all night to see. Psst, Mike, Mike, wait, hold on a second. Mike, I'm getting a please read this piece of paper handed to me here. What the hell? I mean, what what the hell? It was, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this. You have to. Okay. Contracts. You have to do this. Just announce. Be serious. Yes. Just do it. Oh, my God. Folks, um, you may have seen there seems to be some sort of confusion going on up here. I am not quite sure how to say this, but, well, I'm just going to tell you. Uh, while we thought we booked Huey Lewis in the news for this show, we actually, um, we actually booked Hubert Lewis as the blues. He is a, a spoken word performer. And believe it or not, um, we're blaming this on LASIK surgery. For the booker, he, uh, he read it wrong. So 
just uh, remember, it wasn't me. Uh, but look, we've had a great night tonight, and um, got to give Hubert a chance. So why don't we uh, all give him a nice, nice welcome here, nice driving welcome to this giant crowd. And um, ladies and gentlemen, Hubert Nix. Hello there. I know, not what you expected, but isn't that life? You gotta deal with things that may not be what you expected, but you still gotta deal with them. Sometimes those things are small and minuscule. Sometimes they're big and powerful. And I want to talk to you about one of those things now. I want to talk to you about the power of love. It's a little poem I wrote, completely original, all my idea. You can boo all you want, you can honk your horns, but I'm getting paid, and the gates are locked so you can't leave. Now I know that might be a fire hazard, but it was in the contract. I demanded it. Are you ready? I want to talk to you about the power of love. It is curious, don't you think? One man may weep, but another man, that other man may sing. It can change a hawk to a tiny little dove. It is more than a feeling. It is the power of love. It is tougher than the strongest diamonds, richer than the creamiest of creams, stronger and hotter than a bad girl's dream. Are there any bad girls here tonight? It, it'll make a bad one good. It will make a wrong one right. The power of love will keep you home at night. Aren't you glad you're not at home tonight? Aren't you glad? Now, let me tell you something about this power of love. It doesn't need money. You don't need to be famous. You don't need no damn credit card. You don't need to be on a train. Yes. It's strong. It's sudden. And sometimes it could be cruel. But it might just save your life. Do you know why? Because it's the power. The power of love. You know it out there. It's the power. Say it with me. Well, okay, don't. The power of love. They're telling me I need to wrap up. Because uh, you guys are getting a little rambunctious. And... Um, I have a family, 
Please allow me to get home to them. Uh, so everybody drive safe and uh, please again blame uh, blame the booker, okay? I thought I was going to a cafe, not to such an enormous driving theater crowd. But again, I wrote that poem and I hope you enjoy it. All right. And they're asking me to read one more thing. Uh, they're asking me to drive safe. You want to take that left exit, the one on the left, they're going to unlock it to allow you to leave safely. And also, uh, one of the hosts here is telling me that the, what you're about to hear is uh, his theme song. What, what, what does that mean? I don't know. I guess apparently I have to read this in order to get paid. So yes, um, the next thing you're going to hear is the host's theme song. This is my podcast. I made it. Geek Mentality is what I named it. And I think you should listen and subscribe. Because I'm kind of funny and awesome. I think that I'm worth your time. And I'm kind of handsome. My mom says, please listen and please subscribe. At least listen to this episode. Fans not experts. What are you looking at, butthead?